This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. Aguten Erev Shabbos. Wow, it's great to be with you on this Erev Shabbos, which is Erev such a special Shabbos. It seems that we're always saying that. But look at what an Erev Shabbos it is indeed. Firstly, we're going to finish the third of the Chumashim. We're going to have a Shabbos Chazak because Vayikra, Leviticus, is going to be concluded. And of course, this is the Shabbos when we're finally caught up to Eretz Yisrael because since Pesach, we haven't been reading the same parsha. And of course, it's Erev Shabbos Mevorachim. We're going to be blessing the brand new month, the month of Sivan, the third month, the month which, of course, is the one in which we got the Torah, and we will again, each one of us personally, be receiving the Torah on Shavuot. It's also Erev Mother's Day. Basically, the old Jewish saying, every day is Mother's Day. What do you mean there's a special Mother's Day? But around the world, mothers are focused on on this day. Of course, it's going to be Yom Yerushalayim on Sunday. So many, so many special occasions. And so let's begin by just saying that the days are getting shorter. We're going to be lighting candles at 13 or by 13 minutes past 5. Shabbos will end tomorrow night at 4 minutes past 6. And so think about it. Why don't you phone someone to remind them, or WhatsApp or text someone to remind them, that today, light your candles, bring in Shabbos nice and early, and by 5.13, let those wonderful candles bring a holiness, peace, tranquility, hope, and upliftment into your family, into your home, of course, into your heart. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. The American Hebrew Academy is the only international Jewish boarding high school in the world that prepares students ages 14 to 19 for future university study. The American Hebrew Academy is located in the United States and has welcomed Jewish teenagers from 38 countries to enroll in its prestigious school situated on a beautiful state-of-the-art 405,000 square meter campus. The American Hebrew Academy offers Jewish teenagers a rigorous academic program, sports, art, social activities, in an environment rich in Jewish life, culture, history, tradition, and a love for Israel. Please join American Hebrew Academy representatives at a reception and information session Monday, 14th May, from 7 to 9 at the African Pride Hotel, first floor, Melrose Square. Drinks and kosher food will be served. 
the American Hebrew Academy, looks forward to meeting you. You can learn more about the American Hebrew Academy by visiting the website at www.americanhebrewacademy.org. I'm Ashi Lipsker, and on this Erev Shabbos, when we conclude with the two parshas, Bahar B'chukaisai, it's also special because it's a double parsha. And when the fifth chapter of Pirkei Avot will be read, we want to speak about honoring parents. We want to look at that mitzvah. And as we do, it gives me joy and pride to greet our parents at our parents' home in Sandringham Gardens, those wonderful, wonderful, experienced, warm and loving people full of knowledge, people full of humility who are listening in today. Let's look at this mitzvah. It is one of the Aseret Hadi brought the Ten Commandments. You know, isn't it normal, just? Isn't it menschlich just to honor parents? At least, to some extent, it's a classical example of the kind of behavior that seems so logical that even if Hashem had not commanded us to do this mitzvah of kibud of aim, honor your parents, we would have done it anyway, at least to some extent. Honoring parents, it's a logical, normal, menschliche thing to do. It's the right thing to do. How could you not honor your parents? You know, we have to look at it more closely because things that come naturally whether the good or the not so good, all of them are limited. They're limited by our human nature, by human nature generally. We do the best that we can, we often say. But when Hashem came along and put it into the Ten Commandments, by Hashem making it a godly commandment, a divine commandment, Hashem gives us a gift. And that gift is that he enables us to go beyond our nature. We are now at a time which connects Pesach to Shavuot. Pesach, we know, is a time of liberation. But Pesach is not finished until Shavuot. Why? Because just getting out of Egypt... Just being rid of our Egyptian taskmasters could not make us free. Egypt, the word Mitzrayim, shares a root with the word Meitzar, which means limitation, like Tsaurus, Tsar, narrow. Boundaries, limitations, we all have them. We want to honor our parents, but not always in the way which is Superb, extreme, not always by putting ourselves aside, not always by putting them first. We are limited. 
we are limited by our own human selfishness, our own weaknesses. Pesach, we got out of Egypt, but we did not become truly free until we began to work on ourselves in order to receive the Torah. And the Torah frees us from our human limitations. How does it do that? By connecting us to Hashem's infinity. You see, a mitzvah is a command, but a mitzvah is also a connection. The word mitzvah, miloshen, mitzvah. The mitzvah, the commander, gives the mitzvah the command. But then there's the word tzavsa, the Aramaic connection. Tzavsa v'chibur, joining together with every mitzvah that we do. The incredible gift we get right here in this world, we don't have to wait for the future, is that we become connected to the commander. And when we become connected to Hashem, without looking for blessing, without looking for reward, the connection in itself is the greatest, greatest reward. Being connected, isn't that something that we all want? Isn't that a quest of the human being not to be alone, not to feel misunderstood, not to feel not understood, not to feel sidelined, not to feel belittled, to be connected. And every mitzvah that we do connects us to the one who created the world, who existed before the world was created. It connects us to the infinite one himself. Tyra frees us of our human limitations. It connects us to Hashem's infinity, and it actually empowers us. It enables us to actually partake of this godly, unlimited, divine potential. How does it do it? Because Torah reveals our own infinite spiritual essence. You see, in just over a week, it will be Shavuot. At Sinai, our essence saw, connected with the essence of the Creator. Torah secures for us the freedom we began to taste when we left Egypt. And then, the experience at Sinai, the revelation, each one of the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, each one contains all of the... They all together contain everything in the Torah. All of this connects us totally with Hashem. It connects us to true physical freedom, emotional, mental, true spiritual freedom. It gives us insight. It gives us the keys to making this type of freedom a permanent part of us as we set out on a journey to reveal and to live our own spiritual essence. We'll be right back after this. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. 
It is Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, just a week to go to Shavuot. And it's Erev Mother's Day. And let's talk for a moment about women. When Hashem created the world, there was an order. Day one, day two, things that were created. And what was created last? Who was created last? Chava. The first woman was created last. We say in the Lachadodi, Sof Maaseb Machshavatchila. What was created last was thought of first. So somehow, woman is able to teach, is able to send a message of the purpose of creation. The first woman. Chava was named by her husband. And he called her Chava, he said, because she was Aim Kol Choy, the mother of all living things. She is Aim, as in Ima, Kol Chai, of all Chai, of all life. She was the first woman. All people come from her. And the question is asked, if she is the mother of life, what is life? She's the mother of all people. What are people? People are physical. They are mental, emotional, spiritual, social, verbal. To be alive on all those levels comes from mother. Mother, the primary educator. Mother, the nurturer, a mother who makes you feel comfortable with who you are, a mother who is able to give you the security, the confidence to grow, to branch out, to trust. And the Parsha we read this week, the first one is called Har, the mountain. Which mountain is being referred to? Har Sinai that humble mountain, that small mountain. In Psalm 121 in Tehillim, David HaMelech, King David, says, Esa enai el harim. I lift my eyes up unto the mountains. And our sages tell us that word har, mountain, shares a root with the word horim, parents. Children lift their eyes up to their parents, and parents lift their eyes up to their parents. And we all lift our eyes up to our great Father in heaven, and we beseech him, May Ayin Yavo Ezri, from whence will my help come? Hasidic teaching explains that the word Ayin, from whence, actually has a deeper meaning. That Ayin which means nothingness, that ayin is actually a very lofty place, very, very high up, a place of power, a place, a source of tremendous, tremendous blessing. May ayin. It is not easy to raise children. Chava was aim kol chai. 
Chai, life. What else is called life? Primarily, Torah is called life. Who is the one who connects Torah down here into this world, all the way down into the food that is eaten, into the atmosphere of the home, the one that makes it palatable, the one that introduces it to the children, Torah Chayim, the one that gives a chayas, an energy, a joy, a love for Torah, that is the aim Kol Chai. That is the mother, the woman, the woman who understands life. At Sinai, before the Torah was given, after the people had arrived there, it was on the second day of the month of Sivan, and Hashem told Moshe to address the people and to offer them the Torah. And he uses the following words. And our sages tell us that the first part, that refers to the women. Rashi says, Speak first to the women. Because if the women accept the Torah, if they want that Torah, Torah will be preserved. If the women take the Torah, they will look after it, they will love it, they will hold it close, they will cherish and treasure it. And that love, that joy, that unity is going to be transmitted to the children because what the parents love, the children love. What the beloved one loves is loved. If you love someone, you love what they love. And so to give our children a chayas, a life, an energy, a passion for Torah Chaim, the Torah of life, Hashem first offered the Torah to the women. And when the women said, yes, yes, we want it, it was amazing. Hashem knew that the Torah was going to be safeguarded and that it would be passed down from one generation to the other intact because love would protect it. Love would breed joy. And when a child feels love and joy, they gravitate toward it. To enable a child to grow, to enable a person to have a whole life where they are nurtured and they are at peace physically, spiritually, emotionally, emotionally, mentally, socially, verbally, something which actually brings unity to the person. person is not fragmented. This is Torah, and it is the mother who is able to transmit it. The fact that you have Torah scholars in this world, that is because of the mothers. You know that every word in Torah, we are told, is a name of Hashem. Hashem and Torah are one. In Torah, through Torah, we unite with Hashem, and we unite with our essence. So what greater gift can a mother give her precious child? 
the gift of health, the gift of unity. And to remember that Har, a mountain, is synonymous with pride. A mountain is lifted up. A mountain stands for something. Children love their parents to be dignified. Children love their parents to have a sense of self. When a child has a mother who knows who she is, when a child has a mother who is proud of who she is, the child is proud. But of course, we mustn't confuse pride with arrogance. And therefore, we're speaking about Har together with the word Sinai. Sinai, we know, was a small mountain. And it didn't feel worthy of the Torah being given on its peaks. Har indicates the part of us that needs to have a sense of self. Sinai indicates the compatible part of ourselves, which needs to be ever cognizant that we did not make ourselves. We did not endow ourselves with our gifts, abilities. We did not endow ourselves with our potential. And therefore, a sense of humility, gratitude, a sense of connection with Hashem, humility, together with a dignity and pride and gratitude, all of that is Har Sinai, and all of that is a healthy mother. A woman who is proud of being a woman, proud of being a Jew, proud of being a mother. Such a woman can hope to have confident children. And Leharim, she, they are the Horim, Leharim to raise, to elevate, to bring up beautiful children. In America we say bring up, meaning to raise. Esa Enayel Heharim, our children look up to us. In fact, the word for pregnancy is Herayon. That's the woman. Hara. She was expecting. A woman is full. A woman is able not only to give to herself, but to give to those around her. And yet, there's a humility. And that blend is Har Sinai. That blend can educate. That blend can nurture. That blend can tell a child, I know who I am. I am a Jew. I am a mother. I am a nurturer. I am an educator. I have so much to give to you, to our family, and to the world. And I feel totally comfortable in my skin. I'd like to share with the, all the listeners that I had the privilege. Um, it was last week. Yes, it wasn't this Sunday, but last. That I was in Stamford, Connecticut. And I caught the tail end of a wonderful Pesach Sheni program taking place in um, the community in Stamford. And there was a very interesting speaker she was the first Hasidic woman judge. And one thinks to oneself, how does she balance all of this? 
to look at her. She looks like a wonderful, dignified, refined Borough Park lady. To hear her speak, that's exactly how she speaks. She has not compromised on or given up one iota of what she always was. She's proud that she loves to run a home, she loves to cook, she loves her children, she loves her grandchildren. She's very comfortable in her skin. And what she does is to bring her experience as a mother, as a woman, and as an EMT. She brings all those to the bench. And she's not embarrassed if she doesn't know something. She gave a little example of uh, they were bringing evidence, probably in a murder case, and they they said they found in the house X amount of uh, rounds of ammunition and guns. And she turned around to the clerk of the court and she says, excuse me, what are rounds? He said, Your Honor, they're bullets. Oh, okay, she said, yes, continue. Totally comfortable in her skin. Because as she says, I'm not a woman who's ever watched television. I'm not a woman who's ever read novels. So I don't have an exposure to those things. But I am a woman rich in Torah. I am a woman rich in a Torah way of life, brought to me by my mother and her mother, by my mother-in-law and her family, by my husband, by my children, by my community, by the Torah that I've studied. But I have led a protected, sheltered life. But at the age of 30, she had an interest in furthering her studies, supported totally by her husband. But if you look at them, the husband is in full Hasidic garb. And she is totally dressed, speaks like, looks like a beautiful Hasidic woman. And what a lesson to be in the presence of someone who is so at peace with their femininity and their ability to take their God-given gifts and to uplift the world. She said, when I see a 16-year-old standing in front of me, there's no race, there's no religion, there's, there's, there's no color, there's no creed. He's a child. And I ask him questions like a mother. And she says, I can make any one of them cry. And I ask them more questions and more questions because what I see in front of me is a child who hasn't been given what he needs, someone who's had a trauma, a loss in his background, and my heart goes out to him, and I want to give him a chance. A mother. A mother. Humble and true to herself, when you know who you are, when you know what you're here for, and then you do it with gratitude, and you give it all you've got, you will succeed. Because as she keeps saying, none of this is really my doing. It's a gift from God. And he's the one who made me win. It was so unlikely that she should actually win in that election. And she says, if God has put me here, I need to ask, what does he expect of me? And when you have that connection, everything you do 
is great and humble and blessed by God. So we honor mothers. We aspire to be better mothers. We need to honor what is special in our lives, and we need to improve wherever we can. In the Torah, that word aim, mother, is used in many contexts. Let's look at another classical mother. The first we spoke about was Eve, the first woman. Now let's speak about Samuel the prophet. Hannah, his mother, prayed for him, and she is known as Aim Shmuel, Hannah, the mother of Shmuel. And she said, For this child did I pray. And yet, when he was two years old, when he was weaned, she gave him back to Hashem. She said, I want my child to be raised in a holy environment. This is a holy child. She knew that every child is actually God's child. And God's child deserves the best, especially spiritually. So selflessly, she nurtured him. And selflessly, she brought him back to Ailey, to the high priest, so he might grow up in the hallowed chambers of the sanctuary. You see, woman was created on the sixth day, the sixth day of creation. And then woman was elevated on the sixth day of the month of Sivan. Because previous to that, on the second day of Sivan, Hashem asked the women first, will you accept, treasure, protect my Torah? And so the sixth day of creation when Chava was created and the sixth day of Sivan when the Torah was given are two special days for women. Every Friday we light candles to bring greater light to the world. Chava, Eve, was created last in creation, and the woman is the first to welcome in the Shabbos. And again, woman was the first to be asked if she will take the Torah. We have a great, great connection to Shabbos and a great, great connection to Shavuot. Shabbos is known as the feminine day, the day of royalty. Royalty is woman. Shavuot is the day of the giving of the Torah, the Torah which would and will ultimately bring purpose to all of mankind. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. A good nerve of Shabbos. Wonderful to be with you on this very special air of Shabbos when we conclude the book of Vayikra, Shabbos Chazak, when we bless the new month of Sivan, the month in which Shavuot falls, when we read the fifth chapter of Pirkei Avot, when we think a little bit extra about mothers, when we read, finally, the same Torah portions as they're reading in Eretz Israel, Erev Yom Yerushalayim, of the day of the reunification of Jerusalem. Lots and lots of good things that are happening to the Jewish nation and hopefully lots of good things that are happening 
to each and every one of you. And so we're looking at mother. And we're looking at the command that God gave Moshe before the giving of the Torah. And the words were, Why did he choose those four words? Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob. And we know, we know the house of Jacob refers to the women. Thus shall you say is, thus shall you say. But look at the choice of words. Koi, thus. We know that ko, chaf he, those two letters add up to 25. Those two letters are the first word of when Hashem commanded Moshe to tell Aharon to bless the people, Moshe said, Ko tivarachu. This is how you shall bless. Koi sevarachu es b'nei Yisrael. And the word koi ends up being one of the big symbols in the Torah for blessing. So when Hashem said to Moshe, Thus shall you speak, speak like this. He said, It will be for a blessing. It will be for a blessing. Soimar, you shall say. There were different ways, different words used for speaking, for expressing, for telling. And the word chosen for the women was a gentle way of speaking. Speak to them gently. It's actually a message for all men for all times. So, heir of Mother's Day... Here's a secret. Here's a key to the heart of any woman. Speak gently. Speak gently, it will bring blessing. Koi soimar. Speak beloshoin raka. She will hear you. Women can hear. And they warm to the one who speaks to them. Beloshoin raka. Then, speak levet Yaakov. Bait. Well, Beit is the house of. Levet to the house of? Why is a woman called a house? We know that Rabbi Yossi always would call something not only by its name, but by its potential, by its essence. And he would never call his wife wife. He would always call his wife home. What is a home? A home is a place you enter into and you feel warmth, you feel welcoming, you feel nurturance. A home is a place of protection, a ho- place where you can grow yourself, where you can just be. And why is a woman called bait? Well, let's look at when God made Eve, when Hashem created Chava. What does it say? It says, He built the woman. And Rashi comments, he built her with Bina to build a house in Israel. He built her with Bina. All these words have the same root. He built her, Vayiven, Bina, with insight, with intuition. And then he carries on, leave note to build. A woman is a builder. A woman is the one who creates a family and then a dynasty. And so it becomes a home, the house of Jacob. 
It's no longer a family. It's actually an institution. Speak gently to the builders. How do we build? He called us Bet Yaakov. Yaakov can split into two words, Yud Akev. Yud is ten. Akev refers to action. It refers to the bottom of the foot, the heel. When we are active and yet remain connected to the Yud, the Yud indicating Hashem himself, when we remain connected above, while we work down here in this world to build, and building never takes a minute, we ultimately have, we've carried out the intention that Hashem himself had when he said, speak to them gently, it will bring blessing, and they will build the world. Building requires a strong foundation, and those are the young years, the training, the example that a child sees in the home. Even when we think they're not looking, actually that's when they learn the most. And it's the repetition, vishinantam, doing it again and again that provides security, predictability, that produces a confidence and a security in the child. So this was handed over to Bet Yaakov, to the women. When we look at our sages, our sages show us so many examples, real-life examples of how they did this mitzvah of honoring, honoring their parents. The classical one we know is the story of Rabbi Tarfon and his mother. He was a great sage, wise and kind and good. He was a great Talmud Chacham. He was a great studier of Torah, and he had many, many pupils. And people loved him for his great goodness, and they respected him for his incredible study. And Rabbi Tarfon had an old mother. After a while, the mother grew old. She grew ill. And she grew weak, and she could hardly take care of herself. And of course, Rabbi Tarfon had servants, and he had many Talmidim, many disciples, and they all offered to help the old lady. But Rabbi Tarfon himself wanted the honor. And every time she wanted to get in or out of bed, Rabbi Tarfon would run, bend down on the floor, and ask his mother to put her feet on his back in order to be able to climb back into bed. And he did the same thing to help her in bed, out of bed. And the story goes as follows. One Shabbos, his mother was feeling a bit better. And she called Rabbi Tarfon and she said, Tarfon, my son, I'd like to go out into the courtyard and take a little walk. He was so happy. Baruch Hashem, his mother was feeling better, well enough to go outside for a walk. She'd been in bed in her room for so many days. And they got ready and they went outside and it was wonderful. The old mother enjoyed the fresh air, the bright sun. She was so uplifted by the birds chirping and the flowers. And 
feeling warm outside in the sun. And they walked and they walked, and suddenly, in the middle of the walk, the strap of her sandal tore. And there she remained standing on her bare foot. And Rabbi Tarfon was worried. He said, My mother can't walk this way. It's Shabbos, we can't get it repaired. How will my mother get back home? I can't let her walk in her bare foot. She's so old, she's frail. She might catch cold. And then he had an idea. He got down on the ground. He stretched out his hands. And he allowed his mother to walk on his hands rather than on the cold ground. And that's how she got safely home and got into bed to rest. And the Gemara tells us a story. Sometime later, Rabbi Tarfan grew ill. And... People came to visit him, Rabbonim, his friends. And he was in the house there, and the old mother said, Please pray for my son, Tarfon. He gives me so much respect. He deserves to get better. So the rabbi said, What sort of unusual kindness does he show you? So the old mother then told them the story of the torn sandal and how she he insisted that the mother walk on his hands. They heard the story. They said, well, that was very fine. But even if he had done a thousand times as much for you, it wouldn't come close to the honor that the Torah intended when the Torah gave the command, honor your father and your mother. But indeed, the Rebbe says, what they were doing was they were adding time to his world, to his, his stay in this world. Because if... They had agreed with her that he had done the maximum. Then it would have been time for him to leave this world. We must always strive to do better and better. We must never be so proud of ourselves that we say, I'm there. That's it. Look what I've achieved. Because every day that we're given is a chance to do even better, to connect with the infinite, the infinite potential inside each one of us. The story with the sages saying, had he done a thousand times more, it wouldn't be enough. This caused Rabbi Tarfon to get better. Because had they agreed that he had done the ultimate in kibbud aim, in honoring his mother, then his mission in this world would have been completed, as it were. We need to understand that we have tremendous, tremendous potential, each one of us. And every day that we're given gives us an opportunity to not only do another good deed, but to totally outshine what we've done in the past. And each one of us knows that we have things in the back of our minds that we're not so happy about in terms of ourselves. Things that niggle away and that gnaw at us. I could have done it better. I could have said it better. I could have done it more. And those are the things we need to address with a freshness, with a joy, every new day. Because Hashem, He is the ultimate mother, the ultimate parent. In fact, the word mother, as it were, can also mean leader. When we study about Devorah, Devorah, the prophetess, 
led the people. She was the leader of the nation, and she fought. She, she inspired the fighting of tremendous battles to bring peace to the land of Israel. And she said, Ad shakamti devora, ad shakamti embi Israel. God has blessed the nation when I became an embi Israel, a mother in Israel. A mother in Israel? I say, just say that word mother there means leader. For a mother needs to be a leader, whether it's that special Hasidic woman judge, whose name, by the way, is um, Ruchi Freyer, whether it's each one of us in our own home, we need to be all that we can be. We need to realize that whatever we've done, take a moment to feel, Baruch Hashem, I've managed to do it, but I still need to do a thousand times more. Please, Hashem, give me the time, give me the opportunity, and give me the ability to draw on my God-given gifts, to actualize my potential, to be alive is a great privilege. And Hashem constantly picks us up as a mother does. He picks us up from the lowest levels to potentially the highest levels, to the Mayan level. And as the apostle continues, Ezri Me'im Hashem, my help comes from the Lord. And the word Me'im, Im is connection with. When we reach out to Hashem, we become connected to Him through a mitzvah. Wishing you all a good Shabbos, a successful and wonderful day, and please God, a beautiful, uplifting, and blessed Shabbos and week ahead. A good Shabbos.